Well, welcome. I hope you've had a great week. What we're going to be talking about is actually leading children and affecting children. So the effect that you have as a leader around your children. Now, we were all children once, and so we've all had an experience of the leaders within our life, whether they be our parents, um, our neighbours, our friends' parents, our teachers, our university lecturers, our um, leaders within our first jobs, our managers, whatever it is that we've had a personal experience about being led um, when we're, say, under the age of, of, of 21. And so uh, the thing that I'm really passionate about when I, when I think about this topic is the emotional intelligence that it takes to lead a child. And so whereas, um, you know, if you're in a, in a standard working situation and you have another adult that can communicate and be able to, um, you know, go back and forward with directions, um, it tends to keep things very much on an IQ level, which is just skill-based. Are you able to um, achieve this task? Are you competent in being able to um, execute my directions? Whereas when you start to lead children and you realise that um, you take away a lot of that IQ stuff and it's pure emotional intelligence, meaning that um, is their willpower stronger than your willpower? And so I know that um, for my husband and I, this has been a really challenging area for us both to grow in emotionally and understand that, um, you know, that their development is our responsibility. And so it's really important that we grow at a fast pace and understand how we can affect our children and how we can work as a team together to be able to contribute to a solid um, positive self-image um, for each child. Now wouldn't that be the gift that you would give certainly to any child if you could is that they had the confidence and the belonging and that connectedness to know that um, they could be and do whatever it is that they wanted in life. And yet when you empower a child you know so much then it's very challenging to have that balance of discipline um, that can come out the other side and so I know as business owners um, and I'll talk uh, very much from personal experience um, you know you can have so much respect or control in the workplace and then go home and have very little respect and control in the home um, when you're working with little children and so it can try your patience and each of us has a fuse around our emotional intelligence and what the most important thing that I found to discover was how long my fuse was okay so working as a couple we needed to work a strategy that meant that each of us were topped up to the maximum amount based on our fuse level so you know for me it's three hours I'm an excellent mother for three hours and so you know I'm creative fun entertaining um, patient, present, all of those wonderful adjectives and then something must happen at about three hours and ten minutes and for some reason I have just my mind must go onto a different topic or you know I get quite frustrated or you know I feel a bit trapped or whatever it is if we haven't changed environments after three hours well then once my emotional intelligence starts to drop have you ever noticed that children start to follow quite quickly and pick up on those weak points? And so that's when trouble sort of begins. And so have you ever tested for yourself what your fuse length is? 
and are you able to plan around that? And so the great thing when you're when you're in control of your time and your money is that you can make a plan. You know, if you choose to uh, raise your kids from home around work, then the benefit or the beauty of that is is that you have that flexibility. And so certainly for us, we have been able to work a, a wonderful plan where we're able to um, you know, provide a really safe, happy environment for the kids um, that works for us as well. And so, you know, that's what I would wish for every single set of parents, actually. I know for Kent, um, you know, when his fuse is blown, sometimes I pick it up before he picks it up. And so it's important that as you're working as a couple and you're leading, that you're able to communicate in such a way that you make sure that, you know, kids um, don't need to hear co certain conversations that they may be hearing. And, uh, and so from my psychology background, we understood that there was some imprinting that happens um, from the age of zero to two. In fact, your entire identity is formulated by the time that you're two years of age. And so if you think back to what life was like when you were zero to two, what year was it? And then based on that year, what was the expectations of the parents? Now, when I was zero to two, the expectation was mother stays home looks after children and dad goes out to work five maybe six days a week if he's got a part-time job might not get home until just before bedtime and you might have one um, family day that's really important within the week um, you know but other than that it was very much you with your siblings and and your mother and so you know my identity of being formulated when I first had children and I had a business, it was very, very challenging not to feel guilty in the role of mother when I would be heading off to work and leaving the kids at home with their dad. And yet it made perfect sense that that was what was going to work best within our household because with me working, he was unable to be at home full time. And so when I went into labour with my first child, Kent finished work and never went back. And so uh, it's only now that the kids are, are three, three and a half, that he is contemplating doing something a little bit more permanent. Um, but otherwise, he's only ever worked a couple of hours a day. And so, you know, when, when we think about the luxury of that, it was pretty incredible, but it was challenging at the same time. Because really, when we start to understand that imprinting formula for ourselves, then we relay that on top of our own children. What is it that you want their identity to be? And so really that zero to two is about their community. Where do they belong? Um, what is it that you're wanting to be able to, you know, pass to them in terms of their clarity of who they are as little individuals? Once they get from two to about seven, that's when it's all about starting to understand there's a bigger world and how they fit in within that bigger world. So that's why it makes sense that, you know, daycares and kindies and, and preps and, and primary school is really about understanding how to communicate with, uh, with other little kids. And that's where they start to find their social standing. So how confident they are in those areas. Um, it makes sense then, doesn't it, seven to 14 is much more about that control, like who, who we are as individuals. We move from 14 to 21 and we start to learn, okay, now what do we need to, um, to be able to commit into um, 
relationship we start to understand about the material world um, 21 then through 27 is about relationship and and love in ourselves and our identity of who we are and then um, 21 through 35 is finding your own voice you know being able to communicate to the world so there's all different um, ways that you can find more information on that through psychology or uh, chakras or uh, you know the meanings of, of different um, parts within your life I know that um, there's some great books that you can get access to through Oprah Winfrey's uh, reading club she does quite a lot of stuff on, on that type of developmental stuff but, um, but the essence is when you're affecting your children is knowing at which stage they're at with each bracket they're at of what's most important for them and so when you hit those teenage years and they say you know that's a, a really challenging time well when you're starting to get control and starting to try to have control of your life and you have a parent who's quite um, strict in their discipline then that rebellious streak comes out to gain that control so go back to your own teenagehood what was it like how were you as a teenager were you very placid very were you very compliant were you very naughty were you were you a bully what where were you at within that stage of development and what's important is that as you um, connect with and meet with children is to be able to look at that dynamic as if you can pull yourself out of the situation and see it for what it is now for me we've got a huge family so six siblings in our family and um, number 20 grandchild on on its way and so it's really interesting to look at how um, different siblings of their different experience have brought up their children based on their experience and then how effective it's been when you can look across you know families such as that um, seeing which children are, are happy with those um, parenting decisions and which ones are not happy and so I just find it fascinating not in any kind of judgmental way but just in a, in a clear observation way to watch parenting styles and to understand how we actually affect our children so the first part is to recognize what's your emotional intelligence when you're around a child what's your fuse level you know some people have a fuse level that's only 30 minutes long they can spend 30 minutes of quality time with a child and then that's it now if that's it that's fine it's just good to recognize that that's it and so that can be communicated very very clearly uh, to the caregiver of that child okay so I know lots of dads that are great for half an hour little time slots and they need an hour break and then half an hour again and then an hour break and then half an hour again so just important just to recognize you know who we are as individuals and to get the best out of our kids or to effectively lead them then we need to be topped up when we're when we're with them the other thing that's really important is that um, you know the opportunity to communicate with a child do they have open communication so the most effective um, thing that you can enable a child is to have communication that is conversationary so I was speaking to um, a friend of mine that I've known since I was five years old and she's a prep teacher and she was saying how many children are coming into the schooling environment at age four with absolutely no conversation skills they're very good at commands um, however when it comes to actually just general 
conversation. They shut down, don't maintain eye contact, have real challenge in being able to converse. And it's because of this breakdown in having an appropriate environment where that conversation is encouraged. And so a business tool that we've talked about and that we use quite often um, based on um, either Jack Canfield's approach in Success Principles or Brad Sugar's approach called a Wiffle. <clears throat> but do you have a time where it's okay for your children to express to you whatever it is that they feel like saying? in an open forum where they're not going to be interrupted. And um, we've implemented this with our kids at age, um, you know, just when one turned three and one was two. And uh, so we will have these open um, wiffles, what I feel like expressing at the dinner table. And it's fascinating what will come out of a two-year-old's mouth. I mean, they don't really know what they're saying, but they know the format. And the format is that I get to talk and everyone's going to listen and then at the end I feel good because everybody's said thank you. And so they participate just as well with mummy's turn, mummy's turn, thanks mum, daddy's turn, daddy's turn, thanks dad, uh, Michaela's turn, Michaela's turn, thanks Michaela and they don't interrupt. And so you're starting to really you know, build an environment for having a conversation where you're actively listening to what that child needs to express. Now it can be good, it can be bad, and that needs to be led by the parents. So if you're leading children, then understand that children need to understand that there are positive emotions and there's negative emotions. And so as you're leading your children and you understand that you've had a bad day at the office, share it to say, look, you know, daddy got really angry today and disappointed and, and frustrated because he couldn't achieve um, what I wanted to achieve. However, what I learned from that was that didn't actually accomplish anything and I needed to, to just get my head clear, go for a walk and understand that, you know, it will happen at its own time and I feel much happier now that I'm at home and that I've got some distance from it and tomorrow I promise I'm going to be better. And that's what I feel like expressing. Something like that is so valuable to hear. And I know, you know, my parents have made, you know, some, some great decisions and they've made some not so great decisions, but they've always owned and taken responsibility for their decisions. And uh, their really strong marriage of, you know, 46 years is testament to being authentic in leading their children because each of their children love and adore them and, and look after them. And so, you know, when you're looking at success, make sure you broaden your definition of success in terms of, well, if I just make enough money and I can get them into private school or I can give them their piano lessons or their ballet lessons or, you know, drive them to swimming or take them here or take them there, then just recognise that children will do as has been done to them as opposed to what you're giving them. So, you know, I heard this great speaker once, he was a wonderful orator, Doug Weed, and he said, you know, if you drive your kids here and you drive your kids there and you drive your kids there hoping that they will become successful, actually your child will just end up being a taxi driver for their own children because that's the expectation that they grew up with. If you want your children to be truly successful, then the best gift that you can give them is to go and be truly successful. And I know with, um, you know, with my parents always having their acting as their, as their passion, you know, many nights were spent at the theatre and I would go along to rehearsals with mum, I'd learn all the lines, I'd take my homework, I'd, 
I'd just be hanging out at the theatre when she was there when I was little and I'd be at every single performance. Now, you know, I just fit in around her lifestyle but she was creating her own life and allowing me to come with her and it was no problem. Like, it, I never had a challenge. I'm not, I, I don't feel at all disadvantaged whatsoever. If there was um, sporting on or activities that I wanted to participate in and I could get my own way there and my own way home, then I was allowed to go. Like, we just had some really basic rules around things um, and being the youngest of six kids, I can imagine that the first three were driven around and <laughs> parties and everything available and by number six, that was probably getting a little bit exhausting. Um, I certainly understand, however, that it empowered me to be able to make my own way to make my own decisions, to work out what it is that I really wanted. And so, you know, certainly not given me major disadvantage whatsoever. So when you're thinking about leading your children, are you the example to them that you want them to grow up to be? How's your communication when they are near? How's your communication when they're not near? Is it the same? Are you lifting the children up? Are you making sure that every time a child walks into a room that they are number one, that they are the most important um, thing? And so just giving children a strong self-image and understanding that that takes emotional intelligence from an adult, whose responsibility is it to be able to carry those emotions? And a very wise person once said to me is that, you know, if there's been a breakdown in a relationship, well then, with the older person it comes more wisdom and so therefore it's the responsibility of the older person to come and fix that relationship and so therefore if I have a broken relationship with somebody who's older and I've tried to fix it and it's not seeming to repair then wisdom tells me that they're not ready to repair that or they don't have the emotional intelligence to repair that and I need to leave it alone and, and just you know repair myself fix up myself and that my responsibility is for people of younger generations that are coming you know, through that I make sure I don't repeat those same mistakes because I understand what the feeling is like when there's broken relationships. And so for some of you, you may have broken relationships within your families, between siblings of your own, uh, between siblings that you're raising. Just know that whose responsibility is it to make sure that those relationships are repaired? And are you effectively leading your children to show them that forgiveness is a really important lesson to learn? It's a really important character trait, is that people are going to make mistakes. And what we learn is that we forgive them. And you know, when you can teach your children those types of lessons that are going to carry on through you know, decades of hurt or, or disappointment or whatever it is, is that uh, grudge holding is never the answer. And so it's important when you're, when you're wanting to become an effective communicator and leader as a parent, that you are also the example of that. And so if somebody's made a mistake and it's caused hurt or, or whatever, that you're able to express that you're just hurt, but that you're willing to forgive that person as soon as they're willing to forgive you and uh, and just to clear that finally away. The other thing that um, is really important when you're working with children is that you include them in your goal setting because children are very cluey. Right from the age of two they pick up what's going on and so therefore if you're not going to be 
um, around all of the time as a family unit, especially on nights or weekends or, or whatever's that's not the norm, then you make sure that you include your kids in all of your goal setting. And so, you know, mummy's got to do this work and if mummy's successful then these are going to be the rewards of that. And so all your support's needed. Now I was reading in a, in a book, Tracy's book was finished on, uh, on the weekend and so I got to got a, a look at the first draft and there's a lady in there, Annette Sims, so you definitely need to get this book, um, a home-based business experts. And uh, Annette Sim got her children to actually sign a contract and uh, it was based on look if we're going to go ahead with this commitment Annette Sim um, has sold three million recipe books in Australia um, uh, Too Good To Be True series and so they're a healthy alternative as opposed to dieting and so with her kids and her husband she got a contract out and each signed it to say yes they would commit to allowing mummy to travel interstate and, and around the world promoting her recipe books and this would be the benefit and they live up in Budrum in, in North Queensland and it was an incredible example of, of um, commitment to include children in that goal and so then she said um, in the book that she only had to pull the contract out a couple of times when there was upset and they wanted mummy there and say hang on we all agreed to this and this was the commitment um, and it didn't cause any more challenge and so you know obviously they're growing up now but you know very proud of their mum for what she's achieved so is there something like that that you could implement and um, and have that certainty or that clarity that you've actually included your children um, on the journey of, of what it is that you're wanting to achieve. And the other thing that's really important that I wanted to finish off on, and this came from um, working with Tracy, obviously um, in my family, I'm first generation entrepreneur, meaning my parents both had jobs, their parents had jobs, whose parents had jobs, you know, so coming from that employee quadrant, um, there wasn't a lot of belief structure around um, taking the risk to go out and start a business. And so um, definitely what Tracy taught me was that, you know, her parents gave her an impression of business by having their own business. And uh, certainly I had no impression of business because my parents didn't have a business. And so just realise that if you're a couple in business, especially small business, your impression of how difficult it is how challenging the time management is, shuffling things, how often you're talking about finance or business around the home, is giving your child their impression of business. And so I've met people that say, oh, my parents were in business, I'd never go into business. They were always arguing, they got divorced, it caused the breakup of our family. And their impression of business has come from how their parents are handling the emotional roller coaster, or emotional intelligence that's required to have a successful business. So just recognise the fact that, um, you know, how, how we want to wind up for this week is what is the impression that you're giving um, younger people around you of what business is like. If someone says, how's business? What's your reaction? What's your response? What words do you use? Um, you know, how are you um, summing up what the experience is like for you and is it a positive thing or is it a negative thing? Because you are giving that impression or imprinting your children for their futures if it's the right track to take for them. They're watching. And so it's just important when we're leading 
others or we're leading our children that we understand that once again it comes back to this how are we coping and what can we do to improve the experience and say you know we had the whole of um, the weekend as family time and, and on Friday went to Australia Zoo and took the kids and, and we're like, aren't we lucky the whole time, aren't we lucky that we've got our own business that we can take the whole day off and nobody else is here and we can enjoy this day and then, you know, so we're always talking to the kids about the opportunity that business has given us to be able to spend time with them. And we understand at nine o'clock in the morning, aren't we lucky? Look at all the traffic, you know, everybody's off to work and we're just going to the park to play and we're watching them from the swings or, or whatever it is so that we know as a family unit how blessed we are because of the choices that we made, the disciplines that we upkept and the expectation that we had to be able to provide a lifestyle that was um, created based on what we wanted. So are you creating what you want? that's most important when you're leading others because that's where you're going to be taking them to their land of their success and and what their goals and dreams are and so just be really certain that you're headed down that path so I hope you've enjoyed that and that this week you can really make a shift if you need to make a shift around how you're communicating with your kids um, how you're affecting your kids um, grab some more material on imprinting children if you've not yet got children and you're planning to have children think ahead um, what do you want those first couple of years of experience to be like and um, and plan it how you would like it to be planned so have a great week and we'll catch up soon